The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays here on Passion, the night I reserve to answer your questions about sex, love, relationships. You want to vent, you can do that here. You want to tell me how you're coping with the pandemic. You want to share, you can do that. If you want to put in your two cents to any of the other the questions that I'm answering and you want to add your thoughts, maybe your experiences, I find that's always quite helpful and people find that helpful. Uh, so you can text in at 514-800. You can feel free to call in as well at 514-790-0800 or you can always email me to Lori at drlaurie.com. Uh, so I got an interesting email actually it says hey dr Lori, your shows are awesome i never miss it and the good news is that it has gone viral in india <laughs> so i'm like what uh you help everyone a lot thank you for this so i have no idea what that actually means that it's gone viral so i'm, I'm assuming i have no idea i don't even know if that's that's true or what have you but it is from india Uh, somebody picking up the podcast, I guess. And for most of you, I I know many of you just listen in, but the podcasts are available on various platforms. So people have access to this show all over the world. And it's so fascinating to me to see the reach sometimes. And I do get letters from all over the world. So it's kind of fun that uh, technology has so evolved that we're not just local in Montreal, but we uh, we can be heard all over the place. So it's kind of uh, kind of exciting. Something happened today at work. I have to share with you. A coworker and I were having coffee together, and she was not herself. She told me she had a nightmare. It was that COVID-19 had mutated, killed more than half the population, and there was nothing we could do about it. People walking around in spacesuits. She broke down and just said it was so real and it could happen. This nightmare was just an addition to personal problems at home. She recently separated from her husband of more than 15 years and her husband giving her a hard time. She is getting counseling through the company, but she is stressed out and work is the only sanity she said she has left in her life besides her kids. She said she goes to bed crying sometimes. I told her I listened to your show and told her what it is about. And I told her if she writes you, that you will make her feel better. She said she would not know what to write. So this is the reason for this email. She is overall a happy woman and a great mom and her kids are going to school, which she is concerned about. You have been a tower of strength for me. I know she will be listening tonight. Can you please, please give her some strength? Well... I don't know how much strength I can give you, but I can give you support. I know that so many people are going through a lot of stuff and relationships are finding it, are struggling and finding it difficult. The stress of it all is making a lot of people anxious. Even people who are not normally anxious or full of stress are absorbing a lot of stress and experiencing that. And you, I just need to tell you, you are not alone. Reach out to your friends, reach out to us, just reach out. I think it's important that we are all there for each other. We are a community after all. And this is a test 
uh, to show how our community can actually come together and support one another. And if you listen to this show, you'll hear so many stories, and we've heard it, right, over the last six months, so many beautiful stories of compassion. And to me, compassion is the most important trait, the most important action, the most important thing we can all do. Compassion, kindness, and within a relationship, compassion will lead to passion. Just remember that. So being compassionate with each other, something really, really important. Dr. Lori, going viral is the equivalent of immensely popular of immensely popular. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess. Thank you. Hi, Dr. Roy. Thank you for your wonderful informative show. A few months ago, I started dating a great woman who is beautiful, caring, smart, and warm. I want to know all about her life and past and past and ask so many questions, but she rarely asks any questions in return. Her explanation for this is that she thinks relevant things will come up organically and she's more interested in our present and future. Could this be an indication that she's shallow or self-absorbed and not interested in my life if it doesn't directly relate to her? Good question. I'm falling in love with her, but afraid that in the long term, it might be hard to be with someone who doesn't doesn't share this style of relating. I feel this is a big part of how I get to know someone and build intimacy. For sure, we build intimacy by getting a glimpse into someone's deeper, deeper self. Maybe she's uncomfortable about I don't know, talking so much about her past. Maybe you haven't earned that right yet to know everything there is to know. Like it takes time to build, to build that trust. You might want to have a conversation about that. I think that if you, you have to look at, if you're the only one talking and sharing and there's no conversation, like it's about back and forth, right? So if you say, I don't know, you, you talk about some event that happened in your life and there's no interest in, oh, well, how did you feel about that? And, oh, that's interesting. What about this? And did, what did you do about this? Like it's a, that it's a back and forth. If there's a blank like wall and all she can do is talk about herself or not ask any questions, then yeah, I would say that's a bit of a, a red flag, but that's not enough to indicate somebody's self-absorption. You have to look for, for other things. Like, does she show concern and caring for, for you and how you feel in any, any particular thing? Maybe it's still too soon in the relationship to see, and it could be that she just doesn't feel you've earned that trust yet to be able to share that much. Some people are very forthcoming with their things about themselves, right? Some people are open books and they talk and talk and talk and that's okay. That That is one style, but other people, not so much. That doesn't mean it's an incompatibility and it doesn't mean that they are self-absorbed. Maybe she thinks you're self-absorbed because I don't know, you ask a lot of uh, questions and it's a, or it's a way of avoiding talking about yourself. 
So, you know, there's different ways of, of kind of looking at this kind of thing. 514-800, intimacy is really into me see. Dr. Albert writes that in. Yes, I say that all the time. If you break down the words intimacy into me see, a window, a window into somebody else's life, right? A window into their soul, a window, a window into their, their, their being. I dated someone for six months before COVID. Now she ghosted me for a long time. How do I reach out to her or should I forget about it? So you dated someone for six whole months and she just disappeared. That's a tough pill to swallow and being ghosted is no fun. But why she hasn't reached out to you? What, what would be your purpose in reaching out to her? Are you, what are you trying to get? You probably want an answer. What the hell happened to you? What a lot of people ghost because they don't know how to break up or they find the easy way. I'll just ignore the whole situation. So you could throw out one, you know, one text message, say, Hey, like concerned about you, haven't heard from you. If she doesn't respond, let it go, but push, push, push. You're not going to get anything. More of your questions coming up. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program. Uh, you, I answer your questions. 514-800. Text her. Forget the ghoster. She moved on. Do the same. And for our person who is losing kind of faith and having a difficult time, she is not alone, but have faith in medical science. I'm certain at least an inoculation will become available sooner than later. Stay positive, be careful, and do not let the pandemic run your life. Live your life with passion. This is from the Passion Poet. Hi, Lori. I was just curious. I'm highly sexually active with my girlfriend. Well, now fiance question is, how do I get a bigger load? My question to you is why is that important? Why is the amount of your ejaculate more important? So a lot of, uh, the liquid is, uh, is water. So staying well hydrated is important. Having a healthy diet, uh, minimizing stress, exercising, like all the things that we tell people to have to lead a, a healthy life is really what you need. But, and the hydration is probably uh, the most important. You can always like look up what are some uh, foods that you uh, you can eat or, or specific things for your nutrition, but there really haven't been studies that show categorically like, Hey, do, do this specific thing or eat this specific thing. And you will have, uh, more sperm or more, more volume in your ejaculation. So there's, uh, you can certainly find anecdotal stuff online, but again, maintaining healthy diet and being hydrated, very, very, uh, very important. Hello, Dr. Lori. The colder evenings are here, and I have a suggestion for listeners. Rediscover great movies. We have been watching Cary Grant and Bogart movies, and even my daughter finds them good movies. We watched Mr. Blanding's 
builds his dream house, and I never heard of that movie, and a movie I never saw before called Father Goose with Cary Grant and Leslie Caron. Superb film and truly family entertainment. We watched Casablanca and African Queen. They don't make movies like that anymore. No nudity, no four-letter words, just good entertainment. My daughter of 20 was skeptical, but she got right into these movies. The Wizard of Oz was made in the late 1930s and is a timeless movie. It's one of my all-time favorite movies also. Bogart and Cary Grant films are equally uh, timeless. Check them out to love your show. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. For the guy who wants a bigger load, I go through episodes where I can ejaculate about a half a cup. Trust me, you do not want... A bigger than normal load okay I, I'm not sure what it doesn't change the feeling of orgasm I'm not sure if this is why some men it's not the first time I get that question and why some men attach the amount or the force of it to masculinity or virility or something I'm, I'm just wondering why this is important if men can answer this for me why is this important for you or is it important for you or maybe it's not important for you I don't think it matters to women frankly uh, but I want to know like why are men attached to this let me know 514-800 I, I'm telling you I, your input is important on this show it's not just from me to you but also you to me and you to us to our passion community I'm a girl who met this guy and he gave me the most amazing sex of my life for life for over almost an entire year and out of the blue he just stopped completely and ditched me I wanted to know if there are any books or advice you can give on how to move on. The only thing I think about is the good sex and memories. That is the most important thing to me. I just want to move on somehow. So here's another ghoster, right? Someone else who doesn't have the balls or the courage to tell somebody, look, it's not working out or end it in a, in a respectful manner. I find it so disrespectful to just for people to disappear albeit I understand why people do it and the and they do it out of discomfort and not wanting to face the fact that they are hurting somebody else but nonetheless it is not fun but I'm putting it out there too if you um, have any suggestions for this woman in terms of being able to uh, to move on Another way of thinking about this is, do you want to be with a guy? First of all, it's just it was amazing sex. Granted, great. It's great to have great sex. But what about the rest of it? Have you stopped to think about the rest of the relationship? Did you find that it was a healthy relationship? Were you getting your um, emotional needs met? Were you, uh, like, were the other things perfect as you kind of described here? you can have an amazing sex life and everything else is crap or it, it isn't a, a healthy, sustainable relationship. So if the guy was only interested in the amazing, uh, sex, then he maybe just decide, okay, I'm bored now and I, I'm going to move on to someone else. Or maybe this person's getting attached to me. I don't want to be attached. I want, I want somebody else. So we don't know what it's going on. 
I don't know what's happening in, in the guy's mind, right? And neither do you, which is what makes it difficult because then we, it's like, okay, where's my closure? I, I just don't have closure. So instead of just focusing on that was, you know, amazing sex, oh my goodness, and just remembering the good stuff, remember that the, maybe why you're not together, like that this is not the kind of person you want to spend your life with. This is not the kind, you know, think about all these other reasons possibly. And sometimes you just don't get an answer. Unfortunately, sometimes you just don't know and you have to suck it up. Like it, it is, it sucks. It's, it feels terrible, but you move on and you move on by look, looking forward and dating other people, making clear what it is that you are looking for. If you want a serious relationship, make that clear, look for people who also want the same thing. And maybe that wasn't discussed with this person. It, it's quite possible. So getting back to the question about why is a big load so important to men, maybe because it's in porn tint, that is in porn. That's what I figured is that, um, that it has to do with, with the pornography, of course. So there's something to be there. And then this person says, some women want to swallow huge loads. I don't know about that. Maybe you, you could be right and others uh, would be happy if there wasn't so much to uh to swallow so there's that it does ejaculating a lot like half a cup feels uncomfortable i guess the term would be anticlimactic and i do i do not know when that will happen and if i'm re receiving oral i get slapped not in the face okay dr Lori, i love to watch my wife P, it turns me on so very much. Is this normal? Look, everybody has their fetish or their interests or the things that turn them on. I'm not here to judge anybody because of their, their preference. So it's not about normal or abnormal. Abnormal would be something that interferes with your uh, sex life, with your relationship. You love to watch her pee. Does she mind you watching her pee? If she doesn't mind and you're two consenting adults, do what you want. She let her pee on you if that's what you want and she's okay with that. Like whatever, right? It's not when you're, it. it's not unhealthy. It's consensual, it's safe, it's legal. Like when you add all those things in together, whatever two people choose to do in the privacy of their bedroom that doesn't hurt anybody else, it's up to them. Dr. Lori, it's funny in a way how men's priorities change over the years. Young men are focused on lots of sex and in that guy's case, volume. Add 40 years of life to the equation and you're just happy to still be able to have one every so often. You're right. Priorities uh, do change. Your needs change. They don't stay the same for various reasons. Sometimes uh, there's physiological and biological issues, uh, age-related issues. But yes, you're absolutely right. There uh, can be uh, quite a change. From the perspective of a gay man, the amount of cum, how far it is shot, and the, and the creamier texture is a huge turn-on. 
even more so when the guys do so at the same time. There are plenty of videos of compilations of many guys doing this online, such as Xtube or uh, Pornhub. So again, and somebody else says definitely porn. So porn is a big uh, factor in this. And I'm not saying it's not something that can turn on people. Lots of things turn people on. But does it matter? Does it really make a difference in your level of satisfaction with your particular partner? That's to me a, a more important, uh, a more important question. It takes me male around five to eight minutes to get to orgasm, but my female partner takes a lot more time. So we have to use other ways. How can we have an orgasm almost at the same time? So here again is another, another expectation, right? That people have that for some reason, if you come together, that's the, the ultimate and what have you, it doesn't happen all that often. And in hetero relationships, partly because it does take women longer, not just that, that for women, they don't orgasm with intercourse alone. So you may be going at it for eight minutes of intercourse. And unless there's clitoral stimulation, it's not going to happen with her. Women need foreplay and lots of clitoral stimulation. So she may actually have her orgasm before you before you even have intercourse. So your best bet, if you want her to orgasm during intercourse is to make sure that her clitoris is stimulated during intercourse, either with a vibrator, with your hand or her hand, you can explore different positions that put pressure on her clitoris. So for example, from the back, that's no pressure on the clitoris, but gives you access with a hand. So you have, you guys have to decide what works best. So bottom line is just enjoy the ride. Don't worry so much about coming together. It's not the most important thing. Coming up, your stupid sex story of the day after we check in with our CGA 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. So this stupid sex story is a sex, is a crime story, but it's pretty funny. Uh, a Louisiana man chose the cheekiest of places when he needed to find a quick hiding spot for his gun. Justin Savoy, who's 24, pleaded guilty to weapons charges after police in the town of Golden Meadow, who were arresting him on a separate matter, discovered he had stashed a loaded 25 caliber Titan pistol in his buttocks. Police had taken uh, him into custody after they responded to suspicious activity in a home he was occupying with a female acquaintance. Cops said they discovered he possessed a handgun, marijuana, and drug paraphernalia during an initial search. Multiple other firearms were discovered in his truck at the scene. But as he was being strip searched after his arrest, police reportedly found the additional surprise weapon 
concealed in his rear end. The pistol is more than four inches long with a two and a half inch barrel. He shoved the whole thing up his butt. Uh, Savo was sentenced to a five-year suspended prison sentence during uh, his court appearance. And uh, anyway, as part of the his probation, he's barred from owning or possessing firearms, visiting la- bars or lounges, or indulging in excessive use of alcohol or illegal drugs. All right, let's see if he keeps to that. But one of those things you just don't put up your butt, clearly. Questions. It is Trouble Tuesdays, uh, so send in your questions to me at 514-800 to text in, or you can email them to me to laurie at drlaurie.com. My husband and I are trying to find ways to make him last longer. We want to try more things and extend our sessions. What are things that can help that? So part of that is you can do exercises together, which um, usually, at least for premature ejaculators, and I know I'm, that's not what you're talking about. I think you just want to uh, you know, extend it, um, is to practice stopping and starting. So your partner needs to be um, very, very aware of his point of no return. So it's really about focusing on sensation. So you're kind of practicing what we call mindful sex, right? You're focusing on what your body is feeling. So you would start off by, let's say, uh, masturbating him with lubricant, uh, and then he would tell you, okay, I'm close to the point of no return. You would stop, then you would, he would take a few deep breaths, you would pick it up again, and you keep doing that until you finally, you know, he, he's, he's allowed to, to let it go, and you sort of extend it with time, and then you do the same thing when it comes to intercourse. It's a question of kind of getting used to that, but it's the being aware. So that awareness of that point of no return is crucial crucial because you can stop the activity briefly and then pick it up again, stop again, pick it up again. So you have to be willing to kind of do these kinds of, uh, of exercises. So a lot of foreplay helps in doing that. But the thing is the majority of men will ejaculate within about five minutes of thrusting and five minutes. If you look at if you just watch the clock and watch five minutes go by you realize that that's a lot of thrusts it just doesn't seem that long but it is so if you count the 15 minutes of foreplay prior to and then the five minutes of thrusting that's about your average 20 minutes is about your average sexual um, encounter. That doesn't mean you can't spend hours in bed. You could be going at foreplay for a very long time, lots of kissing, but usually there's a bit of stopping, and it's like it's not always continuous, 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 right? So that's part of how uh, you make it work. Why does my girlfriend say... Her clitoris is too sensitive to touch or lick. Does work stress affect this? So sometimes if somebody is not in the mood uh, because of stress, let's say, so yes, stress can affect it. Fatigue can affect your your uh, ability to get aroused, let's say. It's very possible that when, she's, when her body is not relaxed and in the mood, maybe 
touching her clitoris, uh, maybe too aggressively or even too whatever it is that she's telling you might not feel so good. If it feels like that all the time, that's a different situation. But if sometimes that's what happens, then it could be that it, it it's more annoying than pleasurable because her body is just not responding to that touch. It, nothing to really worry about. Like it's just something that can happen. And yes, maybe after a stressful time or a stressful day or what have you is not the, the best time. It's important for women to be able to relax their minds, to let go of the day's stress, to be able to really enjoy and have a pleasurable experience for, for many women. It's, they don't, they don't just turn off the day and then turn on the sex. We're more like dimmer switches. It takes a little while to, uh, to warm up. So I, that might be what is actually, uh, going on in response to the stupid sex story. Talk about being loaded. Yeah. After we just talked about loads <laughs> here, here that is. Yeah. That's kind of funny. I find it really difficult to ejaculate. I think I must have damaged my prostate when I was younger and maybe that is preventing me from ejaculating now. I'm not sure. I don't think it's that I can't produce semen because I have been able to produce what's best described as a dribble before. Is there anything you might think is the cause and any possible solutions. I'm open to anything. I'm not sure how old this person is, but anyway, it's unlikely that you damaged your prostate through masturbation. I'm not sure how that would actually happen. However, what this sounds like, there is a possibility that this is something called retrograde ejaculation, which, um, but that I would say that would be the case is if you have the sensation of an orgasm, but with nothing or very little coming out. And what that says is that when you ejaculate, it's going, instead of going out through your urethra, it's going back into your, um, into your bladder. This is not harmful. It's not harmful. And it will only really affect you if you're trying to have a baby, right? If you're trying to impregnate your partner. But I would check it out anyway to see if there is some underlying uh, problems with this. Maybe there's something wrong with the bladder. Um, maybe, I mean, some people can experience this after prostate surgery or testicular surgery, possibly a side effect of a medication that you're taking. There may be nerve damage caused by a medical condition like diabetes. Like it's hard to know, right? Just based on limited, uh, information. And I'm not a a medical doctor. I'm a a clinical psychologist. Of course, I know about all these things, but you really should have this checked out by a medical doctor just simply to rule out any possible, um, problems, right? So, uh, like I want to clarify whether you find it impossible or just difficult. In other words, meaning that sometimes you can, sometimes you 
don't, what, what, like I, I would need that clarification to, to even be able to assess what this is. So it's really hard to be able to give even a remote, uh, diagnosis. If you're having trouble only some of the times, it, it, maybe it's related to the kind of stimulation you are using. So hard to know. You need a thorough assessment of the situation. Next time you see your doctor, talk about this and see and let them do like a medical workup to see if there's any of those things that I talked about that might be having a, uh, a physical impact on your, on your difficulty with, uh, with ejaculation coming up more of your, uh, questions answered. You've got a bit of time. So send them in at 514-800. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Answering your questions tonight on this Trouble Tuesday, 514-800 to text in. You can email me anytime, Lori at drlori.com. And remember, all questions are anonymous. You don't have to give me your name. You can even call at 514-790-0800. And again, you can use any name you want. The important thing is to get your uh, questions answered. Somebody did some math about two strokes a second on average. That's about 600 strokes in five minutes, like running a kilometer. And you simply have to lay there and enjoy. Try riding a guy for five minutes at the same pace. You will never do it. <laughs> hey, it's not just women just lying there. That's not quite fair at all. Another question, is ejaculating into your partner, even though she isn't on birth control, okay if you are sterile? My first question is, how do you know you are sterile? Has this been confirmed by a uh, fertility specialist? I would want to know, right? Like, do you, you just think it or you've been told this, you've been checked, you've had your sperm evaluated, checked out. So if it's a hundred percent sure that you don't produce any sperm, then of course this is, a, a, I guess, a method of birth control, right? It's like when a man gets a uh, vasectomy. So yeah, it would be okay to ejaculate inside your partner if you are in fact sterile but there is one caveat to all of that as long as you are in a monogamous relationship and you don't need to worry about safe sex because whether you produce sperm or don't that or that has nothing to do with the safety in terms of uh, getting uh, contracting uh, an STI or anything like that. So if you're with one partner and that's the case, then that's a, that is a form of birth control, right? Sterility or like a vasectomy. I'm 27. I have six kids and one more on the way. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, I have five boys and one girl. I'm a mother so in my relationship for two years and a half going on three, but there is no sex in my life anymore. Yes, I love my husband, but we don't have it in us. We need help. Six kids and one on the way? 
and you don't have it in you, what's wrong with you? No, of course you don't have it in you. Talk about a stressful time in your lives. I don't know how anybody would have the energy to have sex, more sex. Sex requires at least some degree of effort, and libido is certainly affected by uh, stress and fatigue, and if you're breastfeeding, that's going to have a huge impact. The, the hormones that are released when you are breastfeeding cut your desire. So I'm not even sure what to tell you. Like, get a sitter, get some help at home. Uh, you know, the best advice is that you really, you and your partner have to set aside couple time away from the kids. And I know you're telling me like, that's like almost impossible to do. I, I don't know. <laughs> Finding a babysitter to take care of six kids and soon seven kids is, is a big ask, I guess. You just have to pay them more money. I don't know. But you need to set time aside for this. I don't know where you're going to find the time, but you still need to do it because you're just going to end up at the end of the day hopping into bed and you're going to, your eyes are going to close before your, your head hits the pillow. So setting time aside for a couple time, doing it, even when you don't quite feel like it. So it doesn't mean your libido has to like, you have to be horny for, to, to have sex. You might just find that even if you do it, when you don't quite feel like it, your body can respond to the physical stimulation so that you can get some pleasure. It's about you getting pleasure as well, right? But you, you have to, your body has to be relaxed enough. So you need to put some time aside, not just for the relationship, but for you too, for the self-care. And frankly, self-care when you've got that many kids. I don't know. I have a friend who has seven kids and I don't know how she does it. I, I, and she's a trooper. Like I hats off to anybody who has big families and, and can do it successfully like this because, uh, that's a lot of work. And especially when they're young, you may find that it will change with time. This requires like within the relationship, a lot of patience and a lot of compassion from your husband. If you're the primary caregiver of all of these children and, and he goes off to work, it's a lot harder to be a primary caregiver of all of these children, uh, than going off to work. It's a lot harder. So I hope that your husband has compassion for you and the work that you're putting into keeping this family afloat, like, and, and keeping your sanity with all of that. Hi, Dr. Lori, women just lying there. Yeah, I don't like that wording very much. If she's not that into it, then I suggest that he is not that into it, not emotionally anyway. And maybe that's the reason why she's not that into it to start with. So you're talking about emotional connection, of course, that, uh, that is important for a, a lot of women. That is very much important. Somebody brought up the TV show Eight. Eight is enough. <laughs> I remember that show, Baby Boomer, all the way. Yes, that was a show for our times. Wow. 
Uh, all right. It's kind of hard to keep up with standards when it comes to keeping everything healthy. I was taught pretty good sex ed, but I still don't what feels like a lot of general vaginal health, like what to do about ingrown hairs or should I even shave? What soaps are friendly and what should be avoided at all costs? Which products do I use that I have heard about from TV shows or social media and what isn't needed? Are there products that I should be using? By the way, it's all about the vagina, right? Uh, That I don't even know about. Is there a minimum care and a max over pampering when it comes to care? Most of my sources I have looked for online seem to be either forums based with personal experiences or list websites that I don't know which are reliable and which are full fakes. But if this is too much, my main question is, what should I be doing to take care of my vagina? So first and foremost, your vagina is a self-cleaning organ and requires no special care with special soaps or creams or scents or powders or anything. Okay. Just wash your external genitals with a mild soap and water as you would your other body parts. You should avoid douching. This is going to uh, change the pH level of your vagina, which is not good. Um, And when it comes to shaving or waxing, it's a personal choice, but it can cause a person to have ingrown hairs, which are definitely not pleasant and can sometimes get pretty pretty ugly. So if you want to avoid all that, you can trim your pubic area with scissors, keep it nice and short and neat. And that's about it. If you want to avoid the, uh, the ingrown hairs, sorry for the late tune in tonight. My girlfriend's already turned 25. So the three of us went out for a nice dinner. Well, happy birthday to your girlfriend's daughter who turned 20. You don't have to listen. You know, I'm glad that you text in. I'm glad that you listen, but nobody's under any obligation to listen to the whole show from beginning to end. I'm just happy when anybody wants to listen. It's great. If I can help somebody with a question, that's great. And uh, hopefully, you know, get, get you entertained. Um, as well. So if anybody wants to ask a question that uh, you're thinking about later, what have you, just shoot me an email, laurie at drlaurie.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E at D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E. And I'm I'm happy to answer your questions at the beginning of of every show. I, I do address some questions. So feel free to send them along uh, and I'll be very happy uh, to answer them for you. I want to thank you for spending your time with me. I want to thank our technical producer tonight, Dave Simon. You can find me on social media at Dr. Lori Petito on my website, drlori.com, where you have access to all our, our past shows. So they're all podcasted. If you go to the passion radio tab, on the, on the website, but you can also find the best of the show on the CJD page on the iHeart uh, app or our show page at cjad.com. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV national news. Have a wonderful rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>